Good morning. Welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are serving up the pilgrim. It's basically Thanksgiving on a bun. I'm joined from spectacular Hendersonville, Tennessee, in the backyard of one Ramon Foster. Uh, I'll actually be down there this weekend. Big yes, weekend. Actually, actually. Actually, you will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to all the Steeler Nation down here. Let me tell you guys, I have been getting it, okay? I'm talking about getting it from the Titans fans, guys. Like, ah, jeez, I'm in a war zone here. So let's say, hypothetically, of course, that Dale Lolly and I show up at the Foster household in the middle of the night as interlopers. What might happen to us? There will be this dog here. Come here. A dog, hey, you say. Zussie. Come here. Look at him creeping. Look at that. He's looking for those interlopers coming from Pittsburgh. Oh, who's here with the Zeus? Huh? Zeus is there his name. Is. <laughs> Zeus is my, that's my boy. By far the best dog I've ever had, man. I love this dog. I see the attachment. Oh, that's my guy. I you talk, yes, you he, talked about Zeus would, when you were playing, yeah? I did. He will greet you, though, man. I'll tell you that. But he's good. He's not one of those ones you got to jump over a fence with. Let's start with, let's start with some let's start with some football here. You're Keith Butler. Oh. Oh, okay. It's easy to say stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. And you know coach Butts and you know he's going to do that this week. You know that's all he's focused on. Yeah. Stop the run, stop the run. But that quarterback is number 1 in the NFL when he's pressured. Seven touchdowns, leads the league. 110 passer rating when he's pressured, leads mm-hmm. the league. Zero interceptions when he's pressured. Ryan Tannehill's been the real deal. What do you do if you're Keith Butler? You tell him, number one, still, stop the run. Uh, okay. Derek, Derek Henry is a guy, man, that you can try to attack him all day long, but they're still going to feed him the ball. I, they don't get discouraged with giving him the ball. That's something that I've seen from this group down here. They are really intent on giving him the ball. He's a guy that can be a dynamic player, whether it's getting four yards a pop or whether we're seeing him going 96 yards the way he did against mm-hmm. Houston this last week. Or you go back to last year, a whole 99 yards for a guy that's that big, you know? And running was, away from DBs, running away. Houston had guys back there. That's the craziest <laughs> part. They had guys back there. They couldn't you know, catch him. And, and last week before the game, I had Ryan Clark, who's a still a favorite on my show. He's on ESPN now. He came on our show 104.5, The Zone, here. And I said to RC, because we were still laughing about the, uh, the, the stiff arm on, on, on Josh Norman. And I said that, and RC just kind of brought it back in. He's like, well, Mo, that's what he's supposed to do, man. It's like, you think about the people he stiffed on. He's supposed to stiff arm them and lift them out of the orbit of the earth. And I was like, okay, cool. Valid point until this weekend. Yeah. Okay, if he's not stiff arming you, RC, or just anybody in this league, he's running past DBs. He's not supposed to be doing that either. No, no, no. That that's the part that doesn't make sense. I mean, the stiff arm was yeah. what it was. And and I mean, and that that and is RC's you know, right. He's supposed to do that. He's to supposed to, just guys. like Vance McDonald was supposed to do that to his guy. And just like, you know, Mike Tomlin this week was comparing Derrick Henry to if we put Bud Dupree at running back, which was a great line. 
very because good, very that's accurate. the build that's the build and that's the speed and it and bud's a freak and so is derrick henry they play two different positions but uh i just can't get past the idea that if you set up for the run mm-hmm. and you and you if you gimmick it even a little bit yeah you're going to get beaten and that's why i i feel like what keith butler is going to have to do is just say to cam stefan and tyson you got to get him you yeah. you've got to not just them obviously but bud and tj are also involved yeah and vinny and you got to stop him Adest my I, I can't gimmick this i can't spy him i can't i i got i can't gimmick this you have yeah. to stop the run it's two things that come to mind when you were just going through what you said. One is the way you mentioned those three guys, T, uh, uh, Cam, Tewitt, and Tyson. Mm-hmm. The image I have in my mind as far as them stopping the run is the image I have for them. What was it, the fourth and one, or th- third and one against oh, the Browns last week? That. That was R-rated. That's what they have to do. And it's nobody, it's, it's nobody caring who makes the play or who brings them down. They simply just back it collapsed yeah that's it and the other dynamic of stopping this guy because i know him and Vinny and i went at it in his earlier years okay Vinny and i he was doing scout team stuff and i was you know doing uh the the the, the ones stuff on offense mm-hmm. and Vinny and i met in the hole one day okay and <laughs> it's funny i think i either buzz Vinny knows or something something happened and afterwards he was like oh you know what Lesson learned. I know the carrot is only into the games and not in practice anymore. And I say that to say he's not afraid to hit anybody. Vinny has become a more savvy player. That whole so the two things that's happened in interviewing guys, defensive guys, about uh Derrick Henry was this they're two old school guys. Wesley Woodyard who used to play for the Titans, and Ryan Clark used to play for the Steelers. And both of those guys are old school guys, and they said the exact same thing when you're going against a guy like Derrick Henry. You gotta hit him in the face just to let him know that you're going to be there all day long and you hope that he turns it back that's well, what l- let me ask you this because you watched yeah. the tennessee houston game to my eyes in watching that game and particularly the fourth quarter even as tight as the game was and as much as the texans did to hang around and everything in that game they looked like a team that had i'm trying to find a nice way to say this they didn't look like they wanted to tackle him all that much and that's where I, I feel like, because I know the DNA of what's inside of the uh, Pittsburgh locker room is their fit for this. Uh, if you look at them, they have depth, except for Devin going out this week, but you still got guys that's capable of doing the job. And I think if they somehow incorporate Marcus Allen in a way to put him inside the box, if, if anybody knows him, he's a down the hill, no nonsense type of hitter in the sense of like, okay, well, how deep can we go to continue to hit this guy? Okay, Mm -hmm. and the guys up front being able to just rotate out and just do the job. Those guys are playing high amount of reps because they want to be great. And what better weekend than this weekend than to have those guys do the job? It's a it's a tall task. And we barely we still brought up Tannehill and continue to talk about Derrick Henry. Isn't that funny how that works? (laughs) All right. Moving back near and dear your heart. When you see the Pittsburgh Steelers running the football yeah. the way they did and the, the way they ran to the right side behind the two children, I know. And then you see 
not just Kevin Dotson and Chuk Sikorafor doing their thing on that side, but Dotson coming way across mm-hmm. to the left on that pool. You know exactly which play I'm talking mm-hmm. about for the big gain by James Conner. That 69 coming all the way over and beating that guy with foot speed, with foot speed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if he didn't, he did. That's how he was able to get that outside position and then sh- knife that guy off back in, so yeah. that James could James could hit the edge there. Um, how how satisfying is that for an offensive lineman? Because I know when I talk to you and Dave and and, and Ali and Marquise and these and, and everybody else over the years. You could have a sack-free day, and it'd be, yeah, yeah, we did our Mm -hmm. job. But Mm -hmm. when it was run blocking, it was a completely different dynamic. Why? Because you get an opportunity, number one, to show that, hey, I am a huge part of the success of this team. Meaning, I might be big, but that running back's run don't happen if my big set up there and make it. (laughs) Okay? That's what you love about it. Like, yes, not giving up sacks because everybody watches sacks, okay? That's their thing. But the run game is ours. It's just like having a downhill run, okay, that busts for 15, 20 yards. Anytime that's ever happened, I wake, I, I get up out, probably because I'm on the ground at some point finishing somebody, I do this, or I do this. Like, whatever you saw me do, Coach Tom, uh, Coach, 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 Tom, Coach was, Randy Finkner. It was me, yeah. Do it again, because <laughs> I want to go again. Like, that's the thing. Because that's it, cool. It, demor- it demoralizes guys, man. Defenders hate when you get them, especially in the run game. That's why they turn it on so much in the pass game, and I'm – I'm super satisfied with this kid, Dotson, man. And Chooks also. We say Dotson's a, a putt, but so is Chooks. Yeah, he I is. Mean, he's just not getting a full plate consistently. He was in a spot role, which everybody got to earn their stripes, and I feel like he's starting to do that now. But to see Dotson be able to move and be able to – I mean, we hadn't heard his name. That's the best compliment you can have other than us speaking about this. Um I was on Bruce Garkowski's show earlier because why? Everybody wants to talk about Tennessee and, and, and Pittsburgh. And the one thing that I had to do, I had to be very complimentary of the guys who are inside that building in the front office. Coach Tomlin, Mr. Rooney, Kevin Colbert, and that whole scouting department all the way up just from top to bottom. And you see the guys all the way around the building. Brandon Hunt's one of those guys, man, that they know how. Dotson had zero combine invites, okay? Probably had to work out at his university. He might have had to go to LSU just to work out for the pro yeah, combine, yeah, yeah. okay? And to be able to see them find guys, be able to stack guys with a perennial pro bowler, David DeCastro being out. And we don't know if he's going to be back this week also. But you got somebody who's able to fill the job. Marcus Gilbert leaves, okay? And then you put Matt over there, okay? Matt moves the left guard once I retire. And you got Zach over there. Zach goes now, oh, the end of the world. No, we got choops. Mm. Like, you got to just. You know, Kevin Dotson, in, in a way, in a way reminds me uh, of, of your story. Not in the, I mean, obviously he was, he was drafted. Yeah. But he, he's drafted in a later round. And one thing about Kevin Dotson that I think might have been underappreciated entering this season is that he was not going to be a combine guy. He was a football player. He played a lot of actual football games. He was a four-year starter in college. So when you throw him out there 
it's not like we've seen like um, who did the Steelers face just had the rugby player of Philadelphia Alley. where it's basically it's it's more of a meat market type thing. Right. We say, well, this person is gigantic. So this person is going to be a good offensive lineman. Well, maybe he will be, but he's yeah. going to have to learn the position the way Villanueva did. This is different. Kevin Dotson mm-hmm. is an as you were coming out of Tennessee, you played a lot of football. They weren't yeah. teaching you the game, no. you know. And the thing that's that's beautiful about him, and he and I had exchanged a, a few words on, on social media, then he texted me too. And it was a conversation that we had. And I, I just said to him, you got size. It's like, you know how to play the game. The game comes to you. I was like, in Pittsburgh, you got to learn that, listen, if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it 100% all the way right. Even if it's wrong, I'm going 100%. I was like, in that field, and i never forget Coach James Daniel, the, the tight ends coach, and yep. Coach Mitch are two of the guys that are fixated in that building. And the one thing they always tell young guys, if you got a little bit of fight in you, we're going to find a way for you. And that's what I told him. Like, if you got a no-quit attitude, and I hate to say a little bit of an a-hole in you too, hey, they're going to find a way for you. And and that's what I told him because it was passed on to me. Like, And you see how he's doing. This guy went against Fletcher Cox. And we didn't hear anything. Did not hear Fletcher Cox's name until until he got hurt. And you know what happened uh, last week, too? And I, I know this. I hate defensive linemen because of this. Miles Garrett is usually on the left side. Oh, Where'd I know go? what you're going to say. <laughs> who did he decide to go pick on? Exactly who you you texted me in the press I box. Told you. you said you said to watch, watch how Garrett tries to find what he thinks mm-hmm. is the weakness. That's not something that Cleveland's D.C. is doing. That's something that Garrett is free to do himself at the line of scrimmage. And sure enough, he goes, he goes over, uh, over Dotson and and then over Chooks. And Mm -hmm. then Moan, this has to get mentioned. (laughs) And then when he got his encroachment penalty, when his Mm -hmm. offside penalty, I should say, where was he? He was lined up seven yards to the outside. You know why? He was like, I'm not getting through any of these people. Yep. I'm just gonna see if I can just, uh, just see maybe just get a straight line just from way out here. Yes, indeed. I told you it was gonna happen. I absolutely told you I was gonna happen. And and now you gotta if if you're in that building, you're in that room, or you're a fan of this team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you gotta say, hey, we're still in a good spot. We didn't hear anything about them. Heck, we got the national media talking about benching Baker Mayfield, breaking up. Landry and Odell, like that's what happens when you sustain a certain level and quality of player and not getting turds inside of your locker room, as I've heard somebody say before. You feel all right about what you got going on. Wait, did you just say turds? I did say turds. You said turds on Morning Java. I'd have to clear that with our censors. (laughs) Okay, well, get that (laughs) off of there, okay? That was said on my radio show one day. I was like, you know what? That'll ruin your day right there. But now, turds is fine. I'm joking. But but in the same sense, you don't have those guys around. And when you find good quality, man, I'll do this real light because uh, congrats to, to Chooks and, and Dotson for answering the call. And for not being turds. And not being <laughs> Pittsburgh versus Tennessee is, is a matchup of two 5-0 teams. Mm-hmm. It's one of the latest points for two undefeated teams to be meeting each other in NFL history. 
Uh, a lot of people haven't realized that this game has not gotten Ramon a, like a lot of bluster or hype nationally. And I, I yeah. kind of blame the Titans for that because I mean, Derek Henry's a star, but no one really still associates the Titans with you no know, five star matchup. Yeah. Even though, even though you, you couldn't question that it is here. What do you see? Who wins this game? Um, you're, you're right about that. That's one thing I've been saying about this, this team here while being on the radio. I'm like, people are still eyeing this Tennessee Titans team with a side eye because they don't sure. know if it's real. They like Pittsburgh has a history of being good. They have a history of, of, of always being in a hunt, like getting to the playoffs is just a start. It's a marquee franchise. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a marquee franchise. The Titans are in a new era under this new head coach with Vrabel and John Robinson, the GM. And I think it's not there, but it should be. Us, we understand how big this game is. Uh, You look at Baltimore, of course, Kansas City, and you got to think, okay, Tennessee and and Pittsburgh will be in this. This is a game that's going to be one that each side got to understand they have to win. If everybody's counting Baltimore and KC as one and two, well, heck, we got to at least position ourselves to continue to be at the top of this race. And mm-hmm. I don't see it as that. I actually see Pittsburgh ahead of Baltimore, but that's just me. Um, as far as the way this, this game goes, it'll be one of those ones in where Coach Tomlin says, don't blink. I'll cut your eyelids off. Like, <laughs> you've heard He actually that. says that if people think Ramon's making that up. He actually no. uses that line. He, but it is, it's true. You got both sides of the ball. You got the number two offense with the uh, with, with number two offense with the Titans and the number two defense. But also on the other side of you, you got Ben Roethlisberger, who's, who's playing really good ball. I know we're not seeing a thousand yards through six games just yet or a thousand yards through five games, but guess what? This guy is playing winning football. He's doing what he needs to. He's spreading the ball around. He's getting it done. And on the other end of it, too, we're looking at the side that we don't talk about. You look at uh, Tennessee's defense. They capitalize off of bad moments. They're giving up a ton of yards. They, they down, give up a lot of yards, man. That, third that, that's down is support. what, 32nd? Yeah. But they're finding ways to close out games at the end. So – it goes to really who doesn't blink, who doesn't turn the ball over. And both of these teams have been real stingy. You know? Uh, yeah. I What's see, your score? What do you got for a score? I see Pittsburgh coming on top with a – they got to get over 20 points. I see 27-21. Maybe 27-24. That's how I see that. I don't okay. know if we're going to see a 40-point game. When I when I looked at this matchup, I, I fuss mostly about – the thing that I referenced earlier with Keith Butler and what he has to do to contain both guys, I could see him saying, listen, uh, we understand that Ryan Tannehill is going to get some yards against us. This isn't going to be a normal game. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that you happily concede anything, but you just prioritize and you say, he's going to get that. We're going to challenge him to be continue Mm -hmm. to be perfect. If he can be perfect. Hey, Hats off. But in the meantime, we're stopping Derrick Henry. The part of this, though, that jumps out when you get down to picking a winner is what you said about Tennessee's defense. Because as I look at Pittsburgh right now, across the board, especially last week, offense, defense, and special teams, which nobody outside of NFL locker rooms ever really talks about much, but they sure do Mm -hmm. on the inside. Mm -hmm. And you look at Pittsburgh's kick coverage and punt coverage right now, they're out of this world. Yeah, They're rock stars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's it's it's like a different celebrity gunner 
on mm-hmm. every play. A lot of it's been Alex Highsmith, to his credit, three big tackles last week. Yeah. Uh, but Derek Watt is another guy that's done that. They they have uh, they have a, a lot of contributors in yeah. that area. Offense, defense, special teams. Whereas if you go with Tennessee, you're definitely going to applaud the offense. The special teams are what they are. But that defense, man, that's yeah. just – that's the – that's the variable. That's the shortcoming. You, you know, the thing that, that gets me with the Steeler defense, though, is I don't want them to put so much emphasis on stopping Derrick Henry and also stopping the guys that they have. I think uh, Corey Davis might be back this week. You got A.J. Brown and Adam Humphreys also, and they got two tight ends. Ferguson went 0 for 100, and they're not sure if John Lewis Smith's going to be ready. You hear my media side knowing the players? No, the but, he, but he is – I mean, he's, he returned – for anybody who doesn't know, he's been taking uh, John – has been taken yeah. off of the, the, the IR. That's but probably say, gonna end up being a Sunday morning decision. But but I say like those guys, because he's spreading the ball around the same way Ben is, yep. but you don't forget that Tannehill is a former wide receiver. And when it's time to get off the field on third and down, you I mean third and third down, you hope that he's not a guy that's extending the, the drive. Yeah. That's yeah, the part that wears that can, your defense down and, and exactly. everything else here. I just I see Ben and his receivers, especially with a healthy uh, and fully active, by the way, full participant in practice is Deontay Johnson. I saw that. Huge. Back They're worried about him. Uh, and they should be because yeah. when you're watching Ben uh, pick apart teams uh, as they did last week with Cleveland on those third downs, but that was without the guy who has the greatest degree of separation. He's the best at getting open. Yeah. Ben was just finding you anyway. And then – you know, you and I have been talking all season about when is that timing going to come back on the deep routes? When are they going to get James Washington involved? Hey, and check and check. Yes, yes. And you know what's so special about this matchup is this. We can talk about this forever, though. But what's so special about this matchup is you say Tannehill, his receivers, his running backs and everything. You said the exact same thing about Pittsburgh. Yep. Across the That's, board. I mean, they you know, got you – know You know who else's name we haven't mentioned at all? Oh, James Conner. But you can't say that he's – I know. But we're making it sound like Tennessee's got the only running back in the game. I'm not comparing the two. I'm not being a dope here. But, you know, Pittsburgh's got a significant run component to their offense. Yes. And it is big time, man. And I've been preaching that on on air this entire week is as much as you brag – because everybody's bragging about the Titans down here – but those same things are braggable, if that's a word, in Pittsburgh. Only difference is, is the defenses aren't comparable at this point. No, although, no, no, they are not. They are although not. they do get the ball on defense and special teams, and they might be giving up droves of yard. But you listen to any analyst almost now, and guess what they'll tell you? Oh, yards don't matter. Well, yards don't matter. Just get the ball back. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Lose. see. Lose my the mind. Steelers have the best of both worlds there, though. They. They don't give you any yards, and they take the football from you. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, I will see you and 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 Zeus this weekend. Yes, indeed, buddy. Let's go. It's exciting. Uh huh. <laughs>